Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the latest episode of the Cortellinish Podcast. Uh, I'm your host, Zach Lowy, here today with my good friend, Manique Manuel Manet, uh, who joins us again. A pleasure to have you on. Before we begin, um, definitely make sure to check out my exclusive interview uh, with Andre Franco of Estorial Praia. We just released the interview today on uh, Breaking the Lines' YouTube channel. Um, anybody who is a regular listener of Cortellinish knows that Andre has been one of the breakout stars of the Primera this season, and it was an absolute pleasure to speak with him. So definitely check out uh, my interview with him on our YouTube channel. How are you doing today, Manik? I'm fine, thanks. Uh, it's a pleasure to be here with you again. No, thank you very much for the invitation. Absolutely. We've got a ton of stuff to talk about um, with regards to the final week of the Primera Liga season. Um, and, and to start off uh, the week's action, we had Benfica taking on Passos de Fajera um, in, in Passos. And it, it was a fairly, uh, it was a heavily rotated team from Benfica. Obviously, they had nothing left to play for, neither did Passos. So Nelson Verissimo in his final game charge took the chance to uh, give give opportunities to a lot of academy players such as Sandro Cruz, Henrique Araujo, Paulo Bernardo, Thiago Govea. Um, and it was actually Henrique who ended up scoring a brace on either side um, of the first half. I felt that, you know, Henrique giving giving Benfica the lead early on. I felt that they allowed Passos to creep back into the game, and frankly, they they were Benfica were quite lucky to not concede. Um, but Helton late, it must be said, did a very good performance in goal, wearing captain's armband, getting a rare start between the sticks, kept Passos from scoring, and then uh, Henrique scoring another before uh, the interval to to secure a two nothing victory. Uh, what did you think of this game? Like you said, yes, it was a heavily rotated side from Bifica. I think uh, this game was good to see the youngsters. Uh, it can also be seen as a hint for what may come for the next season. Uh, for me, it was good to see so many young players. And it's a shame that only when it's all done, like when Bifica had nothing to play, that's the only time they really decided to give a a valuable chance to young players, whereas I believe they they have could have done it earlier before. Either way, well, it was was good to see the match. Uh, I did see a lot of energy. It was good to see Nicolas Gaetan playing versus his uh, beloved club, which is Benfica. And uh, yeah, it was good to see Enrique Araujo confirming uh, the expectations that me, you, and a lot of supporters have. Uh, for this youngster, which is a quite promising striker. Absolutely. Henrique Araujo uh, scoring a hat-trick in the UEFA Youth League final to beat Salzburg 6-0, now getting a brace against Passos just a few months back, uh, had scored a equalizer against Bizella just seconds after coming on. Uh, this is a very talented striker who I think, I, I hope, I hope we'll be hearing a lot about. And I, I wanted to shift gears a little bit uh, because Darwin Nunez has been linked with a departure for, for quite some time. Darwin finishing as the league's top scorer with 26 goals. And, I, you know, it, it is clear that he has been one of the uh, best players, I think, in 
this um, in this Primera season. But a question from one of our listeners, how, what do you think of Darwin? Um, what do you think are his biggest strengths, his weaknesses? How would you compare his, his playing style with? I think Darwin uh, has had a fantastic development since arriving from Almeria. The first season, we have seen a, a player who lacked consistency. Uh, emotionally, he, he was not so strong. This season, we see a quite different player. Even though Benfica is not doing so well, just like last season, Darwin managed to to keep his to keep his momentum. Uh, he's scoring many goals. Uh, in terms of his strength, I would say his pace. He's a player who has a lot of pace. Um, his finishing is also an aspect which he did improve compared to last season. I like his composure, so I should therefore uh, foreshadow a bright future ahead. I believe that he's likely to gain a move to a better league because his stats are amazing. He did quite well in UEFA Champions League and for sure clubs are keeping an eye on, on him. Absolutely. Um, and yeah, like I said, Henrique Araujo scoring a brace in the final in the final game of the season for Benfica. Um, Benfica have already lined up their replacement for Darwin with Pitar Musa joining from Boavista. Uh, so combine, you know, take take Musa, who's set to join, take Henrik Araujo, uh, you take Haris Seferovic, Rodrigo Pino, Roman Yaremchuk, Gonzalo Ramos. Benfica are quite stacked in the center forward position. And, you know, I, I think that Pitar Musa's arrival is just another sign that they will sell Darwin this summer. Curious, how, how do you rank... Uh, Benfica's various center forward options, and and do you do you really think that you know Henrique Araujo? Um, you do you think that he could beat out those players for a starting spot next season under Roger Schmidt? Well, just to comment uh, on what you have just said. Yes, you did list the strikers of Benfica. I don't believe that Peter Musa uh, signing is to has to do something with uh, David Nunez because I believe they are completely different players in different dimension. However, yes, Peter Musa would be a decent signing from Mexico. I have some doubts about uh, his standard because he's, a, he's, a, he's relatively young. And uh, we do have many examples in Portugal that are strikers that perform in lower teams. But when, it, when they go to this kind of uh, standard, Mexico, Porto Sporting, they fail to uh, meet the expectations um, for for different reasons, uh, we also have reasons of success, which is a case of Mediterranean. Med- but for example, some players once they reach their stage, they they don't correspond to the expectations. So I'm not quite sure if Peter Musa will be uh, the right replacement for David Nunes, and I believe that Benfica will surely try to uh, match uh, this potential uh, lack of uh, the presence of Live Nunez with a different uh, sort of name. In terms of what I think about the Bifika striking force, I actually think it's admirable the variety of options they have. Uh, Yarem Shuk, I don't have any doubts about his quality. Maybe he just lacks a bit of confidence, but he's a top, top striker. He did show international football and also in Belgium League and uh, UEFA competitions. Seferovic, Another wonderful striker, 
He did win the Golden Boot in Portugal. He plays for Switzerland in major competitions. You also have Carlos Vinicius, who, who is expected to come back from loan. Even if you don't want to uh, look for more experienced strikers, if you turn to the academy, you see Gonzalo Ramos, which is now the third season playing for first team. And we do see major improvements. Enrique Arujo, who showed all his quality at youth level and even on first team, like you said, versus Vizel, he scored seconds after coming on. But last season as well, they both paired together. I remember seeing some games where Gonzalo, Araujo, uh, Gonzalo Ramos and Enrique Arujo played together. They show they have a good connection. And who knows, in the future, they can connect again on the first team, such as Florentino and Jetson did uh, previous years ago, because they have the connection from the youth team and they can make it to the first team as well. So I believe this Gonzalo Ramos and Eric Arrojo could be another example. Having said that, Benfica is blessed with the attacking options. Even if they sell Darwin Nunez, of course, it will be a huge blow. However, Portuguese teams are always uh, ready to fulfill the sort of misses. So I believe that even if it goes, Benfica will find a strategy to overcome the setback of losing this amazing striker. Absolutely. Henrique Araujo starting uh, up top alongside Jill Diaz and Pelo Academy talent Thiago Gouveia. Paulo Bernardo getting the start in midfield alongside João Mario and Suale Humete. Um, as well as you got Sandro Cruz, Felipe Morato and Tomas Araujo. Some very promising talents from the academy. We also saw Martim Neto and Diego, Diego Moreira um, come off the bench in the win against Passos. Curious, if you had to predict what what player from the academy right now do you think is going to have, uh, if any, what player do you think will have a breakout season at Benfica next year? Next year? Um, yeah, like you mentioned a list of wonderful players who did shine at the youth, youth, uh, youth league. Some a player that I was expecting already to be in the first team, and last last week uh, reports have suggested that he's about to leave is Umaru Embalo. Umaru Embalo is a fantastic prospect from Mifika Academy. Uh, two years ago, he was regarded as the next B thing after Mifika lost in the UEFA Youth League. However, two and a half years after, it seems not to be in the plans for the first team. In terms of who is likely to be the the next uh, player to have a breakout season, I would say Diego Moreira. Uh, it's a it's a player that we should keep an eye on. I'm not quite sure if he'll be a regular in the first team, considering the big names that are likely to to come to Benfica. Um, when I look at the B at the B team. I would say Samuel Suarez is, is a player that is likely to have a bright future. I like as well Jean Felix's uh, brother, who is actually promising center uh, mid. And Thiago Veia as well is a player that I believe that if he has the right chances, he can do something special. Absolutely. Moving on to Saturday's action, uh, we saw three games uh, simultaneously being shown 
Um, and, and those three games included the only three teams that were still fighting relegation. Um, Vizela taking on uh, Vizela taking on Morenz and Aroca taking on Belenens Sad. Both Vizela and Aroca, uh, two promoted sides who achieved safety the prior weekend. And so obviously did not have much to play for, but playing against two teams fighting relegation. Uh, and meanwhile, the 16th place team at the time, Tondela, currently who, who were occupying the relegation playoff spot, uh, facing off against Boavista. So, you know, I, I've started off, I, I started off watching these three games um, at the same time. I think I had one on my phone, one on my computer, one on the TV. And, and uh, it was kind of typical was kind of difficult to keep track of all of them, but, um, but it, it was, it, it, it changed quickly because what happened was, um, Morenz taking on Vizela at home, Vizela going down to 10 men via a sending off from Ivanildo Fernandez in the third minute, um, Morenz taking the lead just minutes after and, uh, doubling it in the 15th minute getting a third goal before halftime uh, and yeah, eventually winning 4-1 against Vizela. So big win for them. And because Monorens were in, essentially in cruise control against, uh, against Vizela and headed for a win from, you know, the first 15 minutes, um, it, it effectively may, it effectively meant that uh, the Belenenc Sad Arauca game was meaningless because Belenenc Sad needed, um, they needed Morenz to draw as well as Tondela to lose in order to uh, have a chance of making the relegation playoff spot. And of course, with Morenz in cruise control, uh, the game between Aroca and Belenenc side uh, was effectively meaningless. So it meant that my attention completely turned to Tondela Boavista. Tondela Boavista, because if Tondela won then they would be playing in the relegation playoff spot. If they failed to win, then it would be Morenets. And uh, we saw an absolutely an absolute roller coaster of a match in Tondela. With, um, the hosts taking the lead right before halftime via goal from Modibo Sanyan. Uh, Kenji Gore, though, getting a goal back and equalizing right after uh, halftime. We saw Tondela um, gr- taking the lead again as uh, Joao Pedro, captain coming on for Iker Undabarena at the hour mark, uh, scoring a fantastic goal. And yet, Yusufa Njay uh, equalizing for Boavista in the 86th minute um, to snatch a 2-2 draw for Boavista, who once again had nothing to play for, and condemning Tondela to the 2-2 relegation. Um, so, you know, an, an interesting match. And... And one that Tondela fans obviously will not be happy with, um, you know, going into next, next Sunday, Tondela will be playing in the first national cup final in their history, in club history, uh, against Porto. They'll be doing so whilst relegated. Um, what do we make of this season from Tondela, Manik? Well, it has been a roller coaster for, for, for Tondela. Uh, I believe, uh, the turning point was the sack of uh, the manager, uh, Paco Ayestana, who uh, had a certain amount of stability uh, at the club. 
he has done a great job uh, since he has been uh, at the head of uh, this club. Uh, in terms of players, I remember that uh, due to his nationality, then he was able to bring uh, good players from Spain, such as Mario Gonzalez. Okay, this season didn't start quite well, but Tondela decided to uh, dismiss him. And since then, the team did not show any signs of uh, improvements. Of course, uh, it's quite odd, strange to go down and at the same time playing the cup final. Honestly, I was not expecting Tondela to go down because every season they are always in a struggling position. However, they always find a way to maintain in the top division, fly. Uh, this season, things didn't go as expected and they are relegated. Uh, it's a massive blow for them to, to cheer up and uh, get their head up and uh, be in the best possible way to face a quite strong team of Football Club Porto in this cup final. However, what they can do is to think this is a, a one-off game and anything can happen. So, yes, they should. They should therefore uh, believe they can do it uh, because in reality, they, they can still win and you never know what may happen in 90 minutes. I want to make a, just a special mention uh, for Boavista winger Kenji Gore. Uh, 27 years of age, Curaçao International, has not always been a starter this season and yet has really uh, come into form in recent weeks following the sale of Gustavo Sauer to Botafogo, uh, scoring against Arauca in a 1-0 win on April 9th, scoring uh, in a 2-1 win against Morrens on, on, on May 1st, and then scoring um, the equalizer against Tondela. Um, so, so very impressive from him. Very impressive as well from Yanis Hamash, who got both of the assists, two very good crosses. Uh, Hamash, 22 years of age, playing as sort of a left wing back in uh, Petit Spoavista, has really come into a, his own following Ricardo Mangas's um, departure to Bordeaux last summer. Yeah, talk to me a little bit about these two players, Hamash and Gore, because I feel like they they are. They have been two of the unsung heroes behind Boavista. Um, Boavista's fairly, in, in my opinion, an impressive season. I think that, you know, looking at the start of the season, looking at how, how many players were, ended up leaving um, from, from, from last season, right? Angel Gomes, Albert Ellis, uh, so, many, so many top players. Um, I think that a lot of people expected them to be fighting relegation, and they never, they never once uh, were in that threat. So yeah, what do you what do you think of um, what do you think of Yanis Hamach and in general how do you feel Boavista have performed this season? Kenji Gore, can you hear me? Yes, I can hear you. Okay, because my connection is a bit unstable. This is why I'm asking. Yeah, Kenji Gore is a player that actually caught the eye of most of us because he has had a fantastic end of season, scoring many goals. For me, it's not surprising because. He is indeed the sort of player that Petit likes. He's dynamic, he's hardworking. He's uh, a player that always has the eyes on, on the goal. So to see this uh, terrific, terrific form, uh, it's pleasing for me because he's a player that he was not playing in a great club. 
I would say, was in Nacional de Madeira. And perhaps few people expected for him to be the man in form after, like you said, Gustavo, Gustavo Sauer uh, left the club. Um, Hamash is a player that I've been following from close range um, because he has a French Algerian nationality. Is a sort of profile that I always keep an eye on. He is a very different, decent left back. Uh, he's dynamic. He crosses very well. I believe that next season we can even see a better version of him because he's just 22 years old. So he has a huge, huge potential to become uh, a top player. And we don't know that left back is a position that you are less likely to find uh, lots of uh, players in the uh, top quality. Is uh, Normally, you don't have that many wonderful left backs. So Hamash, his profile is quite appealing and interesting for, for people to, to follow. Absolutely. Uh, Motordens are going to be playing against Shavsh in the, uh, in the relegation playoff spot. So excited to see uh, how that happens. Been a, obviously, Shavsh... I believe they came came up to the Primera in 2016 and uh, only spent three years there. Finished sixth in their second season, ended up getting relegated in their third season. Uh, so you know, can they can they go back up? Can they end Morenza's stay in the top flight? We'll see what happens. Casapia and Hiuav, on the other hand, going up uh, have, have been uh, directly promoted. Um, what do you what What are your expectations going into this two legged match between Morenz and Shavs? Um, obviously, last last year last year we saw Hiuav who you know finished first in the Segunda. Uh, we saw them lose in the relegation playoff uh, to Arauca. Um, so you know, can can Morenz avoid that fate? What do you think? Yeah, last season we have seen. Uh surprising playoff uh, because perhaps many people expected to arrive to to beat Aroca. However, Aroca completely destroyed uh, Riwav and Riwav got relegated. This season, the scenario is kind of similar. We do see a team of uh, Mureirense uh, in a bad run of form. And on the other hand, Chavez despised these last two games they did not win. They have been superb since March. Uh, I believe that Chavez can cause lots of problems to Riwaf. I should highlight one player. Uh, by coincidence, is is a friend of mine, who is Juan Bachi, Angola international. He's a terrific winger. He's scoring goals. He's providing many assists. He's similar to Usman Dembele. So he's a eye-catching player in this Chavez side, the man in form. I believe that he will cause to Mureles Lots, lots of trouble. However, Mureres is coached by Sapinto, who is a manager that has a lot of human qualities. He knows how to boost the confidence of players. Uh, Tactically-wise, he's smart. And therefore, this leg should be more balanced compared to last season. If I had to say who will win... um, I would say Mureres is still favorite, regardless of the situation. 60% for Mureres and 40% for Shavs. Fair enough. Yeah, I think I will go with Mureres uh, to win this. I'll, I'll admit, I haven't watched uh, any game of Shavs. So I 
I, I haven't watched any Segunda at all this season. Um, so I'm not really rooting for either team, but just hoping for a good match. But yeah, I think I'm going to go with Morenz. Anything, anything you want to mention with regards to Huav and Casapia? Obviously, Huav uh, returning to the Primera after one year in the second division, so swift return for them. Casapia, on the other hand, bit bit more of a new customer. That's right. That's right. Uh, Huav uh, is back on Primera Liga, and we are all happy to see this team back to Portuguese football because it's a team that uh, has a history already in this league. They managed to go to Europa League in the last uh, couple of 10 years. So uh, even last season, let's not forget, uh, they went to to Turkey and beat the, they did beat Besiktas. They one shot of penalty away, qualifying to the Europa League stage, leaving AC Milan on the road. So that shows that this team forces us to have some respect. And we are all happy to see Riwave win the, the league. The decision was only down to the last game, which shows that Segunda Liga is quite balanced. The level is quite high. Uh, the team who did finish second was Casapia. Casapia spent most of the season uh, in the top three positions. So it's no surprise for nobody that they are in, the, in this position and managed to secure a place in Premier Liga more than 83 years after. They did go far in Portuguese Cup. They did face Sporting and Sporting had a hard time against them. So from that point, we knew that this team was special and they, they could produce an epic, epic end of season, which is the case. Um, nevertheless, for the people who actually are aware of Segunda Liga reality, we knew that Casapia uh, has a project which is quite ambitious. They managed to recruit players from Primera Liga, players that actually had a somewhat important role in Primera Liga. I'm thinking about Afonso Tyra, perhaps the, the captain Vasco Fernandes, who was once captain of Setubal. Uh, so, yeah, they managed to mix youngsters with uh, also good, experienced players. And the results are there. Absolutely, will be interesting to see what happens after the three really the three uh, simultaneous games. We saw a doubleheader, uh, one of which pitted Portimonense against Maritimo, um, and Portimonense taking the lead in the 80th minute from Everton, holding on for a one nothing victory in Madeira, and uh, yeah, uh, Portimonense finishing 13th, and yet. Level on points with 12th place Boavista, 11th place, 11th place Passos de Pereira, uh, 10th place Marichimo, and just one point behind Famalica and Estoril. So, you know, quite congested in the middle of the table. Um, and obviously, pa- Paulo Sergio uh, being rewarded with, I think, a, a, pretty, a pretty decent return uh, from, from the Algarvian side. We've seen Paulo Sergio... Um, getting a contract renewal um, for for two more seasons. So he's extended his contract until 2024. Vasco Siabra will be interesting to see what happens with him. He's done a fine job at Maritimo. Um, and, you know, we know that last last season he ended up leaving Murrens, um, after after spending the second half of the campaign there. 
And uh, Siabra has been uh, linked with the vacant Braga job. We'll see what happens there. But uh, yeah, curious. What do you, what do you make of both both of these teams? Uh, how how have they done this season, in your opinion? In my opinion, they they did well. Uh, I'm happy that Paul Sergio will stay uh, Portimonense. I believe uh, Portuguese teams they more they're far likely to sack managers for minor reasons. Uh, in my opinion, stability is key. So to see a team such as Portimonense to give Paul Sergio another two years of contract. Uh, yeah, it makes me happy. Paul Sergio is a manager that proved quite a lot in the past. Let's not forget, he did coach Sporting. He did manage also Vitoria Sport Club. So that shows that he has a great level. Uh, he also did uh, win trophies abroad. Uh, for instance, uh, let's, let's highlight the Scottish Cup with Arts, who... who was the last title of this club of Edinburgh. Uh, and it's quite difficult to break the dominance of Scottish giants, uh, Glasgow and Celtic. So he's someone that has a name in Scotland, Portugal. So for Portimonense to have such manager is wonderful. At the beginning of the season, he lost one of the main players of Premier League, uh, the very end of uh, the transfer marker, who is Beto. Beto was uh, a player that did score many goals for Portimonense. And even in August, he was twice considered as man of the match. So that shows the relevance of this player for Portimonense. And what could be the season if Beto remained there? So credits to Paul Sergio, who also lost one of the best left-backs of the league, Fali Kande, in the middle of the season. And the replacements... Uh, did come from the team or the under under 23 squad. So Paul Sergio has all my credits. With regards to Vasco Siabra, I'm also happy to see that he had a great job with Maritimo. Uh, Vasco Siabra is a manager that was, in my opinion, unlucky recently because he was sacked uh, from Boa Vista uh, because they had no patience through his process. Then he went to Moreirense uh, and was equally sacked. So perhaps some people would had some mistrust about his cap- capabilities. Well, he did went to Maritimo, a side who is far from being one of the top 10 in terms of depth of the squad. And he did do a wonderful job, great football, and he did uh, develop some, some players as well. So it's good to see that those team managers will be part of uh, Premier League teams next season. With regards to uh, possible move to Braga from, uh, from Maritimo, Vasco Siabra, I believe that it's a possibility. Braga has a point to be interested um, in this manager. And um, I can't wait to see how, how the things will develop, whether he will stay Maritimo or Braga. What is certain is he will remain in a, in charge of a Premier League club. Yeah, I do think that Paulo Sergio does deserve a little more credit than he's getting. As you mentioned, lost Beto, lost Falicande, lost Heilton Boamart, uh, you know, lost some very important players and yet uh, never once really had that threat of relegation hanging over Portimonense. Uh, there was maybe the, the, the possibility of it looming in the future, 
And yet, uh, Portimonense got the job done just a, a, a month ago, beating Morenense. Uh, of course, took a lot of slack for uh, resting all those players against Porto and losing 7 nothing. But I think that, you know, by, by beating Morenense the following uh, match day and, and securing safety, I think it's obvious that he's, his decision has been justified. 